Welcome into the Sports Buffoons Podcast. Yo, let's get it going out there, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of the world. Welcome on in once again back in the saddle here at the Sports Buffoon Studios here in Lenexa, Kansas. Uh, Jason JG is out on vacation right now, so hope you keep on enjoying Las Vegas. You know, as we, as we always go to, we got to go to every year. So you can't miss out on that. Uh, Tanner, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, you know, still rocking it. I mean, we're a week away from football officially uh, for the first preseason game of the Hall of Fame game. So mm-hmm. feeling good, doing good. Yeah, that's you? the main thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's hot as hell out here in Kansas City lately. So I mean, we're we're getting through it. Luckily, we had a little sprinkle today, so I don't mind that here on a on an interesting Thursday buffoons episode. I don't know if we've ever done a but the Thursday episode, Tanner. If we have, um, it, it, it was I a mean, it was long a ways back. It's yeah. rare. I've been the only one uh, up until this point, but uh, you know, yeah, we got some business in the way. Some things got in the way. It's all right. We're gonna get back on track this week. Uh, coming right up, especially with football coming around the corner. Um, our focus will be here with you guys yapping away about what's going on in the NFL and, and news, especially with the Kansas City Chiefs, of course, as well. Um, but, I mean, for this week's episode, though, I mean, we got big news today. Big old big news. news just a couple hours ago, uh, as a matter of fact. Joe Burrow had an injury today at practice. It looked like a strained calf, maybe, or at least that's some of the assumptions at the moment. And he had a hard time putting much weight on it and, you know, gingerly uh, walking over to the cart. Uh, with help from teammates as well as long in the, along the way. Um, so that's obviously big news right now. We're waiting to hear a little more information about the severity of that and what that exactly is and if there's going to be much time lost. Because um, I don't think they want to see much time lost. I mean, the, the, the Bengals' backup quarterback is Trevor Simeon. And uh, we remember, <laughs> we all know that. <laughs> yeah, we know that name pretty well right, right here in Kansas City, of course. So um, I don't think the Bengals want to have to have too many games missed from Joe Burrow. So I assume the rest of this preseason is going to be taken very lightly for him uh, going forward. But, uh, you know, we got some other news and notes around the league. What do you got for I mean, me, man? There's there's a bunch of stuff going on, All right, So let's let's talk about it here. We haven't talked about it since a couple weeks ago. Saquon Barkley did sign, ended up getting that uh, deal done. He is back on the field. Things are looking good. They, I mean, he immediately plops back into that offense mm-hmm. and is now, you know, still you, a big part of it. Do you feel like that deal was worthy, though? I mean, a one-year, $11 million deal, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, what was the point of that? I mean, what's I think, why do you sign that deal? I, I think it's after their their meeting, right? So they did that Zoom meeting. Eckler, Henry, uh, Barkley, uh, I think Camara was on there, and a couple other guys from the running back situation. And they ultimately came away uh, was tough luck. Like we're 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 screwed. Like we're we're as gonna right get now, what we can get. And yeah, I think right Barkley, now, yeah. who you know he hasn't got his quite a second deal yet or anything like that. You know that's looking for it. He's not, you know, he's like, well, you know, it doesn't sound like I'm going to win this battle, so let's just take what I can get. He got, I mean, he got a little raise, got some uh, incentives, of course, but, you know, I, th- I think it was just one of those scenes where he was just like, you know, might as well do it. You know, I'm not going to get anything better anywhere else. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, that whole situation with the running backs, Jason and I talked about a little bit last week uh, at Argosy. I know we had some audio issues, guys. I apologize for that. But, uh, you know, we at least tried to dive, dive into it. I'm not sure how many people caught it, but – um. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate for yeah. that position group because I mean it's it's one of the uh, most exciting positions to watch in the game as running back. I mean, growing up, especially you know in the '90s and '80s and so on. I mean, you know the the, the generations before today's NFL was all about the running back. I mean, we, right. we cared so much about who your running back. We didn't care who your quarterback was necessarily. I mean, you know, we cared about Walter Payton. We didn't care about you know what they had going on in other parts of the team other than a great defense. I mean, you cared about that kind of stuff. You cared about um, you know, watching obviously Emmett Smith and Thurman Thomas, mm-hmm. and you know, as time went on, of course, we saw Adrian Peterson. You know, back in the early two thousands, we had you know Sean Alexander and Priest Holmes and Ladainian Tomlinson, all those guys, and like those were the core factors of the team. I mean, you felt like without those guys, then that those teams I mean, were not going to be was nearly as twenty good. plus rushing touchdowns a season almost. Right. It seemed like it, it seemed like yeah, each year the records are getting broken. I mean. We saw Priest Holmes hold the record for just a minute. Sean Alexander broke the rushing record right after that. Ladainian Tomlinson was breaking records right in that meantime too. Shortly after that, um, and now all of a sudden, like the whole game is just so pass oriented, 
And it doesn't like take away from the value of a running back, in my opinion. It's just that a lot of guys can do the same thing. There, there's like 100 running backs in the league right now that are all fairly similar in value Correct. of what you can provide. There's a couple elites, of course. There's a couple elites. You know, your, your healthy Christian McCaffrey would be considered an elite one. Um, obviously, Saquon Barkley, we, we I, saw. I still f- think if a healthy Saquon. He's, yeah, he's got elite capabilities, of course. I mean, obviously, Jonathan Taylor uh, is an elite running back. But it's almost like these teams are just like, well, we can find another guy that can go average four and a half yards a carry, and it's it's not going to make a difference. But I digress. Um, it's just it's one of the topics that I don't think there's a, a win winning situation yet for anybody other than um, I hope that it doesn't shy the youth away from the position um, going forward because it's, it's it's a fun position. You get to touch the ball 25 times a game. Right. Do you, do you see anything similar like a tight end position, right, where we're coming more pass catchers and blockers still, but do you think it comes any kind of that direction of, hey, you got to be able to make routes like you are today, but you have to be able to be put outside – and be a receiver essentially more than a running back. At yeah, this point. I think we're seeing that a lot in today's game anyway. I mean, I think we've seen Alvin Kamara be used in that way a lot. Obviously, McCaffrey situation. Um, I think that we saw Darren Sproles just make his name basically being able to do everything. Yeah. Um, he wasn't. I mean, he, yes, he was a running back, but I mean, he was used so much in the passing game that he might as well have been a slot receiver his whole career. Um, obviously, they kind of Reggie Bush really probably would fit better in today's league than he did you know, 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something to think about, too, is that, you know, he came to the NFL from USC after an amazing college career. We thought he was going to be the next great thing. He ended up just kind of being an okay back who would fumble around, get injured, average less than four yards of carry. But maybe used in today's game, a guy like him would have been really, really good. Um, I'm not sure. But I think it's. I think at the end of the day is that we're, we're losing the bruising backs. We're losing the Jerome Bettis and Tony Dorsett's of the world. The uh, the uh, uh, the tight Eddie, Eddie George Eddie George yeah those kind of guys it feels like are, are starting to go away. You have to be able to do a little bit of everything to be a, a fit. Um, you know, finding your Derrick Henrys is just so rare. I mean that that's, mm-hmm. that guy right there is a rare breed, and I, I know he's not used in the passing game much. But um, good luck finding those guys. But you know, without Derrick Henry, that Titans team is pretty soft. So yeah, no, it's um, it's true on that. I mean, kind of. You're speaking about, you know, doing everything there. You know, Lions camp, uh, Gibbs out here looking really great. They're really using them right. in the, you know, the passing game, especially like mm-hmm. we expected now that Swift and Williams are both gone. But you also got Montgomery there to be able to, to kind of take on that load for the, the running uh, the running side of things. So, but I'm hearing, I'm hearing lots of work with Gibbs and a lot of mm-hmm. first-team reps with him. Yeah, and he's going to be used a lot, I think, in the slot. Uh, they're going to want to – I mean, first of all, he was, what, the 12th overall pick? Yeah. Something like that. Um, they're going to be wanting to use him a lot out on the field at all times, kind of just as that X-factor weapon that can be used as a receiver or as a running back. And that's what the value I think they see in him is, um, is just that he can do a little bit of everything. So, yeah, I mean, we're seeing it kind of unfold. The position is going to change over time. But, I mean, there's still value in these players, absolutely. And the, the work that they put into it um, – and some and the pay rate is just it's tough. It's part of the business though right now. It is. It will get figured out down the road. I mean, they're at some point it's going to get sorted out to where contracts are more incentive based going forward, um, where you almost have to pay a guy based on certain amount of touches or, or yards or, or stats or maybe. Um, but that's for the players' association to figure out down the road. I would say. Right. Uh, and some more news around the league here. The last few days here, right? Uh, Eagles rookies are looking great. Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith are just dominating some of these guys at camp. And it's it's that's actually nice to see because it was, uh, you know, Georgia Eagles essentially. But you want to see, like, Eagles fans need to see guys on that line tearing through guys. And seeing this early, that I think that's a good sign for them. I'm not surprised at all. I mean, no. Jalen Carter was a top prospect. Uh, Nolan Smith is one of the fastest uh, DNs we've ever seen. It's insane. And I'm curious to see what teams do to slow him down. Uh, and it might require your undersized tackles with, with faster footwork to be going up against a guy like him. So, I don't know. But it's going to be it's gonna be exciting, and the Eagles have no reason not to be back where they were uh, just this past year. So, I mean, they should absolutely be the favorite in the NFC, especially after another badass draft class they just had. All right, so let's talk about the Jets here because we always got to bring up the Jets now. It uh, seems like the, a, a default thing. But uh, Garrett Wilson went out with an ankle injury today. 
uh, on on a route there. He ended up going to the locker room there, not carded, just ended up walking off on that there. But I mean, he's been he's been blowing up training camp, beating Sauce Gardner, making him look foolish. Aaron Rodgers, of course, looking like Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but what's your thoughts here? Aaron Rodgers just, uh, you know, gave the Jets some more money to play with here, and Dalvin Cook was uh, visiting today as well. Mm-hmm. Do you think we got a sign in here? Is that, that a worry for Brees Hall, though, That would be well? so weird to me. I mean, I know Rodgers at this point in his career, he's excited to be on a team that wants to give him what he what he wants. Yeah. He knows his voice is heard now in New York compared to what he was getting at Green Bay. And I think for him, he's just like, maybe we can get one more little piece here. Maybe we can get one more thing. And, yeah, Brees Hall, I mean, you guys know I'm a big fan of him. I had him on my fantasy team last year. Um, ended up uh, trading him away after the injury for, for a future draft pick. Mm-hmm. Um or yeah, to, yeah, something like that. Anyway, I can't remember now, but um, I, I don't think it really takes anything away from Brees Hall. If if anything, it's going to hopefully help both Cook and Brees Hall stay healthy if they're on the same team, and that makes them scary. I mean, if you had both of those backs, I mean, that's two elite running backs that can do everything well. Because yep. we, as we know about Brees, I mean, he can play in the receiving game just as well as he can in the run game, and both these guys can average in the fives when it comes to uh, yards per touch on the ground. So. I don't know, man. I think that's kind of crazy to think about. But I also, you know, we, we saw these guys on Pro Football Talk, you know, worried about Patrick Mahomes' contract and not making enough money. And now Aaron Rodgers is literally giving the team back money on a restructure. He's going to be with the team for at least two seasons. Two seasons at, at least. At yeah. least. He might, it might even be three. Who knows, depending on how things go. Um, but this team's set up for success right it's, now. It's a scary-looking team. Like, the more and more we see it start coming in to, together, it's – it's well, a team. I'm. We knew last year the defense looked good. It was good. I we, mean, we these guys, these guys were winning with Mike White and Zach. You know, Zach as well. But you're winning with these backup quarterbacks, essentially pulling through games. And you mm-hmm. saw the offense kind of come together as well. Now you got an actual quarterback there uh, with, with that establishment. You got great weapons on top of that, veteran presence, and your defense is still dynamic. So yeah, I mean, they have no excuse not to be good. I mean, and they're. They're going to be definitely a playoff team. Um, mm-hmm. According to to one coach, though, uh, Mr. Sean Payton, that, that he's he's not a believer in these power teams. So what was he he said, Tanner? Yep. Uh, hang on, sorry. Oh, there it is. Uh, so he, his quote uh, was, "We're not doing any of that. The Jets did did that this year. You watched Hard Knocks, all of it. I can see it coming. Remember when Dan Snyder put that dream team together? I was at the Giants." Uh, in 2000, I was a young coach. I thought, how are we going to compete with them? Deion Sanders is there now. That team won eight games or whatever. So, listen, just put in the work. And that's exactly what he said. He's <clears> like, <throat> essentially, Jets, cool. Cool players. Let's see he's, if you can put the work in. Yeah, he's taking notice, obviously, of, of the kind of pieces that are being put in place over there. Yep. And I'm sure he saw the Dalvin Cook news even as far as the visit. Um, just, he's just probably sitting there rolling his eyes going, oh, my God, how many more pieces do they need? And how is this going to pan out? I mean, you know, to go against Sean Payton a little bit, the Denver Broncos actually did exactly this at one point, and it actually did work with the Super Bowl win, uh, actually two Super Bowl appearances. I mean, if you guys remember when Peyton Manning went to Denver, he was getting kind of his pick of the litter of certain guys. Brian Dawkins ended up going there. There's lots of players that were trying to go there as, as veterans to finish their career there, knowing they had a shot at winning a Super Bowl and to be on the same team as Peyton Manning. Um, and we saw that was Wes Welker, obviously, with Denver. Um, it, they, in a lot of ways, had were building a dream team just because you just had so many guys towards the later end of their career that were, you know, Hall of Fame caliber going over there. And, I mean, they ended up playing well, and it worked out. Yeah. So, I mean, not, not to take everything away from Sean Payton trying to motivate his players and say, hey, you know, who cares about all the big names over there? At the end of the day, we got to put in the work for it. But – same time, sometimes it does work out. Um, but I think it's interesting that he came after the Jets like that as, as some kind of example, and he's assuming that at this point they're only going to win eight or nine games maybe because um, I would be shocked. And they, they play each other early this season as well. So it, They do. Um, I, I think that Aramis Aaron Rodgers and the, and the Jets would, were definitely going to be looking forward to that game going against a Denver team who has a lot to prove and a Russell Wilson who, you know, this is his make or break year. His career could be over after this season. It could be. It, it, it really could be. So, and if you noticed, uh, we're not getting any more of the funny, you know, quote, funny Russell Wilson commercials anymore this season. Let's ride. You know, the, the let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride. 
And then the subway ones, mm, it's spicy. Be careful. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden, all the sponsors and everybody, no, nobody wants a goddamn thing to do with them because they're going, oh shit, well, we better, we better pull out now. Th- I mean, that's also Get what out. Peyton said. He goes, to, he summed it up with uh, basically everything I heard about last season. We're doing the opposite. Yeah. Oh, which absolutely. Is, which is great. And, well, yeah, and also Russell Wilson had his own little fancy uh, office to himself. Right. And Sean, first thing Sean Payton did, which I would have done the exact same thing, was goes, uh, we're not doing any of that. Uh-uh. No one's going to get their own special little area in the clubhouse. This ain't, this ain't that kind of program here with Sean Payton. And I, I totally agree, and that's a great move. I, I do think Sean Payton's a great coach. I, I really do. Mm-hmm. I think what he did with the, with the Saints was awesome. Him and Drew Brees were, were awesome and magic together in a lot of ways. Um, you know, aside from the whole uh, Gowney, uh, Bounty Gate the situation, bounty gate, yeah. Um, obviously, I was not happy about that. Seeing my boy Brett Favre get knocked around the way he did in that NFC Championship game, um, but I still think it's going to be an improvement on that on their team. So, I, yeah. I, but the, I, the Jets at the end of the day, they're going to have a better record than the Broncos. They so, will be. They so will. shut well, it, Sean Payton. So before I get into something else here, real quick here, uh, also news here is that Jalen Ramsey for the Dolphins ended up getting carded. Back to the locker room. Unsure where we're stand, sitting at with that one, but that's something to watch as well because, I mean, that was a move they made in the offseason too. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's probably nothing serious, I wouldn't assume. I mean, normally this time of year we see a lot of guys that have little minor nicks and things yep. that come up. Um, they end up leaving practice. You never know how severe it is until you hear the reports. It's always hard to tell. Just like we don't know about Joe Burrow at the moment, um, how severe that's going to be. Didn't look good. The way he was running, all of a sudden pulled up real quick. His calf was killing him right away and then had to be carted off and was putting no weight on there. Um, but we're assuming right now it could be a strain. But that's always assumptions. We don't, uh, it was we don't a, know. It was a collision with Tyreek. Oh, so, with uh, with Ramsey? Yeah. So Tyreek Hill is always in the way. Always in the way of things. You know, by the way, when that video came you out see the video? this week of Tyreek Hill uh, hitting the guy on the on the boat, it's exactly what I imagined. There's like, like to a T. It's almost like I just, when I imagined it in my mind, just a Tyre, walk by Tyreek Hill hit. coming up and smacking him in the back of the head, it was exactly as I imagined it when I saw what, the video. Why do you think he's so feisty? Like, what what is it about <sighs> it? He's just, he's kind of a dumbass. Like, there's not really like a reason about why he should be feisty or... This and that is just—he's just stupid. Like huh. he is just a stupid person at this point. I mean, there's—he has no reason. I mean, he talked about how he's gonna. Whenever he goes to the Hall of Fame, he's gonna go in as a Dolphin instead of a Chief. I don't give a damn. I mean, at this point, you—you you have ruined everything when it comes to the way this fan base sees you, and we could not care less. I mean, we're—we're we're happy over here. Just won a Super Bowl without your ass, um, and then you're just over there being a moron week in week out, like just constantly yapping. Doesn't know when to shut his mouth. Yeah, no, not at all. I, I just, it just, it doesn't make sense. It's like, what are you doing, man? What uh, are just, you doing? Just stupid. Which, by the way, the the other great Chiefs wide receiver, Otis Taylor, is one of the finalists for the Hall of Fame. So, yes, um, I do want to mention that. I think he always should have been in the Hall of Fame. It's pretty amazing to me that he never got in way before. So, I'm hoping he gets a fair shot here this year and uh, Ken can break it in because he's one of those guys that, of his time period especially – was a big special receiver that would have fit in well in today's game. And um, so, anyways, I'm hoping Otis Taylor can get in because I feel like he's always been deserving. Yes, I'm trying to find it here. Did you catch the U.S. Today, USA Today's uh, projections where they had the Chiefs oh. and Broncos tied for 10-7, and seven, yeah, Chiefs did. obviously with the tiebreaker. But that. you had teams like Pittsburgh 11-6 and six yeah. as well so, ahead of the – Chiefs and some other, I mean, some other weird ones like Giants were like three wins or something like that, four wins. Yeah, like it was, it was very odd. I, I do want to make a point, Tanner. That when it comes to the stuff like that and these predictions and projections put out by these major news sources like like them or like an ESPN or like an NFL.com or whoever else, any other writer, these people are not experts. I want to make sure that's clear. I don't care what their name or title is of what they do at whatever news source they're coming from. Yeah, um, they literally know nothing more than the guy down the road that lives next to you here. Um, me and you, Jason JG. These guys are just spitting, spitting by, out. By right the way, things. they just updated it on Friday. They, oh, they didn't update. So the Chiefs are now eleven and six. You can't go back. You on went it. back. No, you and can't edit it. That's not how this works. You can't go back on. <laughs> no, you you post you posted the damn publication. You got to stick to it. That's stupid. And if you if you want proof here, if you go to USA Today, look it up under uh, predominantlyorange.com, as what I'm looking at now. Go back to my, our Thursday show on the Let's Talk Sports Show. 
and you'll see the original one pop up where it was 10 and 7, 10 and 7. These people know nothing more than you or I or anyone else for that matter. They're throwing crap out there, seeing what sticks, seeing reactions, getting clicks, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's just one of those things that no, no one is going to sit there and analytically put together these lists and um, have some kind of smart thing to say about it. Because I'm sorry, I mean, the, the Chiefs, every year that Andy Reid's been here has been a winning team. Yep. And the worst season we had was 9-7 and seven one year with Andy Reid uh, back in 2005, 2015. Um, but otherwise, I mean, this team is a consistent 12-win team every single year. I mean, it's, it's consistent, 12 yep. wins, 12 wins, sometimes more. I mean, obviously there's 14 win seasons in there, in there too. Last year was one of those. Um, but this is not a 10-win team. It's not a 10-win team. Um, and it's, I don't care what the receiving situation is, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, it doesn't matter to me. This is When you have Patrick Mahomes, you're, you're never going to be just a 10-win team. So you're <clears> – <throat> just real quick here, we'll go over play. I just want to talk about the playoffs too. So your playoff seedings right now – is they have the Bills at the one seed, Bengals at the two, and Chiefs at the three, Jags at the four, and then your uh, uh, wild card teams are the Ravens, uh, the Jets, and the Dolphins. You have the Steelers missing the playoffs at eleven and six. So you're telling me he moved the Broncos down then as well? The Broncos are ten and seven. Oh, they're still ten and seven. Yeah. Did they make the playoffs? They don't make the playoffs. So the, okay, ten and seven missed the playoffs. Eleven Damn. and six missed the playoffs. Ooh, the Steelers. That'd be pretty rough. I mean, I, I know it happened once in NFL history where the the Patriots went eleven and five and missed the playoffs. I just yeah. can't imagine they, that they got they got the the Bills the uh, thirteen and four Jets at twelve and five and the Dolphins eleven and six the Ravens at eleven and six as well as the Steelers and then you got the Broncos and the Browns at ten and seven missing the playoffs. There's a lot of people right now that are very high on the Steelers for some reason. Um, I, I think it's because of the. I mean, they really improved their defense, but I think it's. With uh, Pickett, the way he's looking. Sure, he's going into year two. Um, I think he's fine. I, I just think when you look at the rest of the AFC, all most of the other teams in the AFC are just a, above what they're working with. Be, to be winning 11 games, I just I cannot even fathom that happening. Um, I think the whole NF, or AFC North is pretty solid. Uh, the AFC South, I mean, the Jaguars are going to be a really good team this year. Titans uh, uh-huh. should be fine, I would assume. Um, the Colts, we'll we'll see, I guess, with Anthony Richardson. I have a feeling it's going to be kind of a turnover machine over there for a minute. But nah, I just I can't I can't do it because to me the Browns even if you if we if we assume Deshaun Watson comes out this year and has a quality season, uh, improving on what was last year, just not up to his par, as well as the fact you got the Bengals, assuming Joe Burrow plays all year, assuming and assuming also the the Ravens. And their situation is going to work out. I can't. I can't imagine the Steelers winning eleven games. But no, I can't. I can't either on that. But yeah, it's just kind of a, a fun deal there. If you want, uh, we can just bring it up real quick. The NFC side of things, they have uh, the Eagles with the one seed, and then uh, whatever the tiebreaker between the Lions and the Niners at eleven and six. There, then the Saints with the final seed. There, the four seed. Your wild card teams are the Seahawks, uh, the Falcons. And the Cowboys there. Mm. I'm not sure how to feel about the Falcons yet on that one. I have a feeling it's still going to be a really bad defense. Well, they, they got Jesse Bates. They, they improved a little bit. I know. It's just I, I, I have a hard time envisioning them as some kind of playoff team this year. Especially, I mean, we don't know enough about Desmond Ritter yet. Uh, I think there's a lot right there to figure out still with that team. That's true, too. So, I'm, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be. season as a starter. We'll I could, they could see. win seven or eight games maybe. I mean, they got him at nine and eight. Yeah, well, I guess that could sneak you in it's, there. It's it's a pretty low, like it's nothing like what the AFC looks like here on this projection. Like you're eleven and six, eleven and six. The Lions, Niners, Saints are nine and eight. Falcons are nine and eight. Eagles at twelve and five. Cowboys at nine and eight. Well, you know I'm a Saints believer this year, so I, I think, yeah, I think I think Derek Carr and on the and company over there is, has a has a lot to work with, so. Uh, we'll see how the things things unfold, I suppose. Right. Do we want to jump into Chiefs, or do you want to yeah. do our other? Oh, no. we got to talk Chiefs for just a minute, you guys, obviously. Okay. Uh, we're going to talk about fantasy here in a few minutes. but uh, So, obviously, we are through day four of practice. There was no practice today here on this Thursday. Back at practice Friday, getting the full pads on That's right. for the first time this year. 
So uh, that'll be one of the exciting days for the guys out there on the O-line and D-line and the running backs even, you know, getting a little bit of a little bit hidden along the way. Um, we've been seeing the running backs all work in with the first string so far in Chiefs camp, uh, even Deneric Prince. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire went in there a few times. Um, and McKinnon, of course, worked a little bit in the passing game with the first team. Obviously, this is Pacheco's job. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's going to be interesting, and it's going to be a true rotation as, it, as the year goes on, and as it should be. I mean, I have no problem with that. I mean, Pacheco, yes, he, he's probably your workhorse throughout the season, but um, in, your, in your opening drive starter – but at the same time, I mean, this has been one of those teams. Andy Reid's always been that way where he loves having just kind of a rotation of guys to be able to go through there, and especially when you're outperforming veterans like Tenert Prince could be doing with Clyde. Clyde might see himself getting <clears throat> getting knocked all the way I, off. I, so. I, think he's, I think he's on the chopping block. Sure. I mean, if he doesn't <clears throat> perform in preseason, the team might not see a reason to hold on to him. So right. we'll see what happens with that. I think it's on the chat box. So uh, one of the guys I work with on my baseball soccer stuff on Saturday mornings, he has actually been writing for Arrowhead Addict out there, uh, and he he's put out a couple of great articles. So he has the early heroes of week one for this training camp, and Deneric Prince is number one right there. I mean, making the splash it's, from – It reminds know, me Tulsa. so much of last year with Pacheco because, I mean, mm-hmm. last year with, in training camp, we all heard about Pacheco, Pacheco, Pacheco all the time and him being used in the receiving game and, and training camp especially. I remember just hearing about his pass-catching ability. And it's almost like just kind of a repeat, just with a different name. of The same report, though, yeah. but just a different name. If you have the same mind – so this article states that he has the same mindset uh, out there like as Pacheco did yeah. his first year, which is – if you could tell me you have two Pachecos on the field – and be able to rotate them? Starting to be what it sounds like, honestly, <laughs> which which that sounds awesome. Which, by the way, Derek Prince, I think, ran a 4-1. I think so, a 40-yard yeah. dash, which for a guy is 220. Um, I'm excited to see that on the field. So. A little bigger on, on the bigger side, um, yeah, which I'm, is amazing. Pre- preseason week one is going to be fun to watch because, you know, he's going to be getting one getting the workload out there on the field um, while they preserve guys like Pacheco and, and obviously Jarek McKinnon. And, you know, Clyde has a lot to prove at the moment, but – I think Prince gets plenty of workload on right away from preseason week one. Yeah, and so Kadarius Tony, of course, guys has you know is out, tweaked his knee, had surgery, uh, to clean up some stuff in the kneecap, which is always you know lovely and concerning there. So, uh, well, the injury know. history of, of Kadarius Tony, I mean, like we look, can, you, can you really be frustrated at this point? I mean, we're, we're, we're more apathetic I, I than like, frustrated. I feel like uh, a lot of people thought that you know it was it was kind of fake news for the Giants, like. How do you hurt both your knees at the same time kind of thing? Like, you just want out of New York. No, this is this is starting to become legit. Like, yeah. his knees are bad. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's true. I mean, it's been that way since college. He had issues at Florida. He uh, had issues from, from day one, I mean, in the NFL as well. Um, I'm assuming he might have had problems in high school. I don't know. Um, I don't know what to think of it at this point because you cannot rely on this person no. to be your WR1. And I know the Chiefs in the offseason talked about, hey, Tony's our WR1. You know, everyone was talking about that. The coaching staff was talking about it. I think uh, Kelsey or somebody else brought it up at one point about Tony being the WR1. Um, and that was the expectation going into the year. I think we need to get out of our mind at this point and just say, hey, so. he'll never be a WR1, but he's going to be a guy when he's on the field can make an impact. Might be a guy that's a WR2, WR3, but, you know, you have to have you have to be reliable, you know. It's, it's like the A.J. Green towards the end of his career here. You know, you might still have some talent left in the, in the tank, but when you're not playing every game and you're always injured, then sorry, you're not our WR1. You've got to yeah. be reliable. You've got to be on the field more. So so a couple more heroes came out here. Uh, he put is, you know, because of this injury, Richie James has stepped up. He's looked really well, being fast and athletic like we were hoping, mm-hmm. like he was with New York last year. And, of course, uh, you know, Justin Ross. Not John Ross because he's retired. That's right. He gave up. He gave up. He he saw what's in front of him, and he goes, mm-hmm. "You know what? It's yeah. been fun, guys. I'm Have fun. Here. I'm out of here." So Justin <laughs> Ross and Richie James would be your next two heroes there in the wide receiver ranks because, I mean, Justin Ross. I, I've heard nothing but great things. I saw great highlights. His cat, his hands are amazing. Like, is yeah. this guy for real? Are, are we thinking well, these for real? I mean, that's another guy with an injury history, of course. But um, we we heard good things last year before you know he was put on the injured reserve. Uh, about Justin Ross, and obviously I think I think Mahomes has high hopes for him and wants uh-huh. him to be involved in the offense. We've seen Ross work in with the ones so far in training camp, so they're rotating in a lot of guys right now with the first string because we're trying to figure out, I mean, who's going to be – who's going to step up? Who's going to be the one to step up? Surprise name this year with a guy who hasn't hardly done anything in the league yet, step up and just put up a big number 
replace Juju Smith-Schuster, be a thousand-yard receiver or close to it at least. Um, who's going to be the one to do that? Because someone on this roster is going to do it. I don't know who it's going to be yet, but I know I've heard a lot of good things about Richie James. I know the teammates like Richie James. I've heard, um, I can't remember which what, what player it was right now, but someone said Richie James is his favorite receiver on the team right now. And that was another teammate yeah. on the on the on the field. I mean, so he's taking notice. I mean, someone also you know said he's wearing number seventeen. He's going to do all the Miko Hardman things that Miko Hardman couldn't do. Yep. And I'm talking about as a route runner because we all know Miko Hardman can do a lot of jet sweeps and everything, you know, underneath pretty decently. But I, I think Richie James is just going to be a better better wide receiver than Miko Hardman ever was. And I can uh, get down with that. I'd be cool with that. Yeah, absolutely, I'd be cool with that. But my guy that I'm most excited about right now, of course, I've heard nothing but good things as well, and great hands. But that's our rookie, Rasheed Rice. Yes. Um, stepping in right away, acting like a veteran. And a lot of that comes from the fact – He's been working with Mahomes throughout the offseason. So he's been involved since since he got drafted, working with Mahomes in the offseason. And so having that personal one-on-one time with Patrick, I think is going to just excel his career. And if you want to be a Hall of Famer in this league, you want to make a lot of money, if you're Rasheed Rice, this is your opportunity right now. Right now. To step in right now, make a name for yourself right at the gate, and be our WR1 for the next six years. Become a core guy. Travis Kelsey is starting to get, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to be on his way out here soon, so. Yeah, I mean, you got to look at this opportunity if you're wide receiver on this team. Understand you have the best quarterback in the NFL throwing you the ball. You're 23 years old. Um, I want to go Stupid talented. get a crazy contract after this one's over and just, just freaking make a name, you know? Yeah. Even if you're not with the Chiefs, like you should be able to go get that, that big money. So yeah. uh, another last guy he has on here, which is actually kind of surprising, kind of forgot all about this guy, Nazee Johnson, cornerback. Been uh, really uh, working in with the, uh, the first team. Defense, you know, over, you know, Jay Will and, and Watt, Watt and everybody. So, but, I mean, we saw him last year a little bit, and he was worthy of a depth chart spot, but it wasn't impressive. But it sounds like this year he's really stepped up his game. And a guy like – the guy I'm not high on is Joshua Williams. And I, I think that's a guy that he could overtake if he's really came in came into his own here. Yeah, that's a good point right there. Josh Williams had his ups and downs last year. Um, which for a rookie, I mean, that's fine. He did, he did fine. I mean, we, we've been Chiefs fans long enough to see some bad rookies come into this team. Philip Gaines. I'm, I'm not going to sit there and complain <laughs> about Josh Williams too much. He wasn't perfect, but, um, you know, at the same time, I think he was so overlooked in that draft class in a lot of ways because there were so many awesome mm-hmm. secondary pieces that were drafted. I mean, Brian Cook's going to be a starter this year. Yep. Can't wait to see what else he's got in the tank there. Um, but then, obviously, Jalen Watson was a seventh-round pick, started from day one with this team, and was badass. I mean, right away from day one. I just think there was too many young guys on the secondary for Najee Johnson to, to buy some time for himself to get on the field other than special teams. Um, but here's your kind of your redo opportunity to maybe steal a spot from Josh Williams. And if you can outperform him in, in preseason, we're going to we're gonna play you. You're going to start you. So yep. uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more of him, of course, here in preseason. And, um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing to think about. There could be actually be three seventh-round picks last year the Chiefs took that would be very solid starters. What a hit. What a hit yeah. that would be. Uh, are you concerned at all that you haven't heard anything about Felix? Um, I'm not concerned at all because, like I said, pads are going on Friday. Pads mm-hmm. will be on Friday. We're going to be at Chiefs camp Saturday morning, so we'll be there Saturday morning and then be there again a week from then. Um, and, no, nah, I mean, when it comes to the D-line and play and stuff like that, I mean, it's it's all about, you know, when the pads come on, what can you do? And we're going to finally see some some actual one-on-ones with O-line and D-line, get a better feel for how those guys are performing in practice. Um, yeah, Felix is one of those guys uh, that I, I'm not concerned about. I'm excited more, honestly, at the moment, about seeing the progression of George Karloftis. Um, but sometimes DNs take a, minute, take a minute to get going. And so, yeah, this isn't really a team that can sit around and wait forever for the DN to get going this year. But, no, nah, it's, it's way too early to be concerned about what – Felix what I doing. mean, obviously, when we get out there, we can see a little bit more of what's going on uh, with that, you know, with what he's doing, how he's looking. I'm just, you know, it's just, it's just kind of odd that we haven't heard anything. I'm a little surprised him. Carlos Dunlap hasn't come back. So, um, I, I thought for sure he'd come back for another year as a chief, but I don't know if that's going to happen. It's also still, you know, early. Sure. Or, you know, sure. Yeah. like it's a vet presence. We could see that still happen as we get closer to cut cut time, and we've seen that last the last year too. You know, early in the season too, Melvin Ingram come from Pittsburgh, like we're having those guys. So it's not it's not totally out of the realm of possibilities yet. Yeah, yeah, no, that's it'll be. We'll see what happens, I guess, with that one. But 
Um, I guess one thing, I don't know if, what else as far as training camp we have as far as current news. Do you have anything else on that one, Tanner? Uh, no, I mean, that's pretty much your, your hit stuff right now. You know, I haven't really heard any any other big grumblings or, you know. So oh, uh, my bad. Bryce Young. Uh, Bryce Young has officially been named the QB1 of the Panthers over Andy Dalton. Uh, but he's also, like, there's been lots of praise uh, from the media and everybody else around him because he's apparently he's been throwing clean, you know, and he's been really smart on his on decision making as well. Yeah, we'll see. That's going to be a tough team to work That's, with uh, right out the gate. Yeah. So um, he's going to have some struggles. It's going to happen. So uh, we'll you know let's give the guy some time to grow. I suppose. Yeah, it's not going to hurt if you're a Panthers fan. Um, yeah. So one more thing I wanted to hit on real quick was Chris Jones mm-hmm. and just the contract situation going on. He gets fined fifty thousand dollars per day that he misses training camp. So, uh, so far we're up to two hundred thousand dollars, something like that. But it's one of those things. I think that at some point someone's got to give in. Uh, I'm not sure who it's going to be yet at this point. But um, right now, Chris Jones has a lot of leverage with the team. If you look at the current situation at D tackle and training camp, it's not pretty. You got Derek Naughty, and then you have. Um, <laughs> Derek Wise or something like that, a D-tackle starting right now at the moment. Um, That's not what you want to see. I mean, it's not like we got Kalen Saunders sitting there who was a viable starter next to Derek Nottie. Um, Chris Jones is obviously a very vital piece of this organization. And in some ways, I mean, maybe he's preserving his body a little bit. You know, he's avoiding potential injury risk by not being out on the field right now at the moment. You know, like like what just happened with Joe Burrow. Um, Same time, I think that he's wanting like $30 million a year Year is the report. That's what the report is, yeah. And at this point, I mean, you're the best tackle in the league. You've, in my opinion, overtaken Aaron Donald due to Aaron Donald's age um, in production compared to your own. 29. You're going to be really good until you're about 33. Um, I think this team has, has got to pay him. I mean, we got we to gotta be like, hey, let's get a four-year deal. Four-year deal, pay? 120. Something around that range, and just call it what it is. What what makes this situation so different from the Tyreek situation? Like contract wise, right? We all for a long time, I think people really thought that Tyreek Hill was part of the core of this team. Sure, I mean he he was, but at the same time, we we also know that Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes is the common denominator of what makes this team work. You know, it's at the end of the day, it comes back to what Patrick Mahomes is doing, especially offensively. Obviously, yeah. obviously, he's not throwing passes to Chris Jones. So the difference is Chris Jones is the MVP of the defense. Patrick Mahomes is the MVP of the offense. You can live without the pieces, obviously, we learned, like Tyreek Hill. This team, especially on the interior, would get ran all over without Chris Jones. And I know Chris Jones is better as a pass rusher than a run stopper, but his impact he makes by being on the field alone it gobbles up double teams. I mean, they have to account for him on every snap where he's lined up. And yeah. this team without him uh, up the middle would just would be ugly. I mean, the linebackers would be sitting there, you know, every play, just getting whooped. You know, they're going to be running it up the middle towards it. Nick Bolton to get a workout every game, trying to run around and chase these running backs down because they're getting past the D-line. And so it's just different also because Chris Jones has always been a true chief. I mean, he's always – in my opinion, been pretty loyal to Kansas City in a lot of ways. I mean, he's always said good things, been around the community, um, obviously been a team player, um, one of the one of the more uh, team-oriented guys we've seen in Kansas City, you know, along yeah. with, like, Travis and so on. And Patrick Mahomes wants him to be here. And Patrick Mahomes, whenever he worked his contract originally in 2020, he left some room on the table supposedly for keeping good veterans like Chris Jones. And then after the Super Bowl win, I mean, Patrick Holmes came up to Chris Jones and was saying, hey, we're going to have many more to come. And so, obviously, when you got the, the backing of Patrick, it's just one of those things where it's, it's different because this guy is still going to be very productive for another three or four years, in my opinion, and you can't live without him. Uh, we can't. You, you can live without Tyree Kill, but you can't live without Chris Jones on the defense. Yeah. He, he is just such a factor. No, I, I, I kind of agree with that. I think, I think he is a – a different guy to have, but I think he's the right guy, you know, uh, because like you said, you, you have a superstar already on offense. You have two of them technically, but the defensive side outside of the Nick Bolton is all question marks still too. Like Willie Gay really hasn't come to be a superstar at all or anything like that. So having a guy like Chris, Chris Jones on that line, Chris just makes it massive. work. I mean, he, he's part of what makes that whole defense go. 
is uh, him being accounted for, and he's just a monster. I mean, that's the thing is he just he's just a monster on the field. I mean, we've seen the Rams without Aaron Donald and the impact that makes for that defense, uh-huh. and it's the same kind of thing in Kansas City. I mean, without Chris Jones, this, this defense is probably below average, if you know, probably somewhere between 15 to 20th ranked in the league. With Chris Jones, you were the number two sack leader in the NFL last year, and uh, you're also a team that can has shown and proven that you can make big stops when they matter. And that's a lot of times due to Chris Jones and his, his ability to do things in the run game as well as after the passer. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, if you want those those young corners and safeties to look good, you got to have Chris Jones getting in the face of quarterbacks. That's why I keep telling people. That's why I keep telling so, people. Anyways, we'll get it done. I'm not, I'm not too worried about it, guys. I'm not sitting here concerned yet by if, anything uh, with Chris Jones. If you guys want to check out that article I was mentioning that we were talking about as well, I'll post that in the comments below or in the description below. So go check that out. Pretty good job I can. Very nice. Well, do we have time for fantasy talk real quick? I think we got time for fantasy. All right, we can do a quick fantasy segment, guys. Last week, Jason and I had some fun talking about um, players we like to gamble on. You know, we were sitting there at Argosy Casino, so I'm figuring, you know, let's talk about our favorite um, fantasy football players that we want to gamble on. We had some good names we, we came up with together. Um, so if you guys want to check that out, go ahead and give that a listen. Uh, but this week, I want to talk about strength of schedule a little bit with the fantasy team because a lot of times when you're, when you're, you're picking like me, which I'm, I'm missing a few draft picks this week or this year because of some trades I did last year trying to win it all. And you got to find value. You got to find value in all your positions. You got to find the guys who match up the best throughout the season. Um, and this year, a few guys that I want to make of note uh, your number one quarterback based on strength of schedule this year is Jordan Love. Um, I, I don't know what that means at this point because he's got a lot to prove, and I have not particularly cared for the things I have seen out of him on the field yet. Um, But, I mean, you're opening up against defenses like the Bears, Falcons, Saints, Lions, and Raiders. Um, That's that's a good little starting out the gate. I mean, nothing super scary about that by any means. Uh, Next for quarterbacks, I got Derek Carr on the strength of schedule. Be next in line going off against the Titans, Panthers, Packers, Buccaneers, and Patriots uh, in the first five weeks. Uh, But then he's got to hit on some, some Colts, Bears, Vikings, and Lions. So those are all teams who were in the bottom half against quarterbacks as well. But the big one here right here, uh, Justin Herbert, who just got a big payday. Uh, he opens the season against some of the weakest defenses of last year. Uh, you got the Miami Dolphins, Tennessee Titans, Minnesota Vikings, and, and the Las Vegas Raiders to kick off the season. There's no excuse for Justin Herbert to not go out and have an elite season statistically. So, I mean, you already added another playmaker in the, in the draft. So, I mean, really at this point, he should be, without a doubt, QB1 that goes out there every week. Probably going to finish top five, at least, in quarterback okay, standings. Yeah. So, um, I have another one here that I wanted to bring up for a minute here. So, like I said, about Derek Carr being top-rated against uh, – second top to the top-rated uh, for quarterbacks, the receiving group. Take that into account, too, when you're looking at these quarterbacks is that it's going to be pretty, pretty much the same – on the receiving end of things, at wide receivers. So Michael Thomas, who's trying to make a comeback, you know, still trying to get back in the flow of the NFL after missing some time a few years ago. And Chris Olave, both of those guys, Olave big time. both of those guys are the two top receivers ranked in your strength of schedule. So definitely go get them while you can. Um, and after that, I mean, how much, how how good do we feel about the situation in Tampa Bay? I don't care who's throwing the ball. I love me some Evans. Yeah, Evans still hitting 1,000 yards every year. White, White and Evans would be my two guys on that. I don't know about Godwin just because he, 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 like, he just didn't seem the same last year. But I think uh, Evans and Rashad White would be my two guys for that team, though. Yeah. I just think the quarterback situation is going to be another one of those situations, kind of like Jameis Winston was a few couple of years ago um, before Tom Brady came along, of course. I just think Baker Mayfield is one of those erratic passers at times, but he's also a downfield passer. You know, he likes to throw the ball deep, something Tom Brady was not really doing in Tampa Bay. Um, I think it fits, fits very, very well with Mike Evans and what he can do as far as uh, high-pointing the ball, making plays downfield in the red zone. So he's going to be top five in strength of schedule. Um, running backs real quick, Tanner. We got number one. You won't believe it. David Montgomery is the number one running back this year for strength of schedule. So – Kicking it off, obviously you got the Chiefs, then you got Seattle, Falcons, Packers, Panthers to kick off the season. So technically, Montgomery, maybe Jameer Gibbs are going to be elite right at the start of the season, uh, coming from that running back situation. So 
I'll be curious to see how that one plays out. Injury guy, uh, Javante Williams is number two for the Broncos. So strength oh. of schedule shows you got Javante Williams, then Derrick Henry, Isaiah Pacheco is fourth, and then Deontay Foreman of the Bears is fifth Gosh. in strength of schedule this year. So you're trying to find some value in some of these guys, yeah, which, you, which you can get it, some value in Deontay Foreman. If, if you're looking at Deontay Foreman there, you look at Rashawn Johnson there, uh, I think I think he's going to really have a, a big role yeah. um, in that as well. Yeah, yeah, that is that is very true. Um, so those are my main top guys on strength of schedule that you should like actually be looking at. Um, after that, we got as far as some guys to be more worried about. Uh, it's funny, DeAndre Swift has the hardest strength of schedule this year uh, for running backs. He's sitting at 30th right there. Um, you got the start off the season. You got the, the Patriots, Vikings, Buccaneers, Washington, then the Rams. Um, so I don't know. Do you trust DeAndre Swift now that he's an Eagle? I do. I know Rashad Penny is getting the, the reps right now, but I, we've seen Penny the last couple of years not make it too far into the season. So I, I, I think I think Swift, even if Penny isn't, I feel like Swift will get his touches. Like this Eagles team is going to work in like four running backs like they've done every year. So I, I feel good about that. Oh, by the way, I just saw a um, little post from an ex-Bronco, Billy Turner. He's on Instagram, and he put out a little response to Sean Payton. Um and he, let's see, he's, he's, he said, effing bum. Effing bum. What is he talking about? Blast Sean Payton over 2022 Broncos criticism. Oh, so it's, it's Jets offensive lineman now, former Broncos O-lineman from last year, Billy Turner. And so he's he's over there saying he's a effing bum. Um, so it seems like someone started training camp and is trying to soften the blow after realizing what he's in for this season. So that's what Billy Turner said. Interesting remarks from a former Bronco and current Jets. So that's yeah. That's, obviously, um, kind of weird. Obviously, the Jets are going to remember what Sean Payton said, like we talked about, and they play each other. What week is it? Like week four or something uh, like that. Week so, four, yeah. Um, yeah, that'll be a fun game to watch. That's going to be yeah. I wonder what the emotions if they're going to be high. What are we seeing? You know. Well, the Jets are the better team. By so, far. I mean, they should go out there and take care of business. Against the Broncos, so that would be a blowout. Honestly. That would be what I'd be. I'd be if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'd like to go like five touchdowns in that game. Yeah, yeah. I don't blame. I, I wouldn't mind that at all. No, I mean fancy. I mean fancy seasons underway there. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot to look at, a lot to watch for in injury. You know, in the injury world as well. So just keep an eye out on your notifications there on the X or Twitter or what are they calling that now? Um, X. I don't know if they call it X or not, but. It's it's still Twitter. He's got the logo at X, so I know it's yeah. it's still Twitter. I don't care. And they also, you know, you get blocked from messaging yeah. people. You know, the, someone's gonna have to make another social media soon because I think Elon's trying to tear this thing apart. And the Facebook's not any better, but I think there is one out there. I forgot what Jim Beringer said, but I have to check it out. And uh, you know, that might be our go-to spot in the end. So like Threads or whatever the hell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I still haven't been on there yet. I, so I, I have no I have idea, idea what, what it's about, about what you can do. It's kind of a corny name. Yeah, but <laughs> I don't know what to think of that one, but I don't know. I, you know, I just I liked my Twitter the way it was. Just leave it alone. Stop touching Stop it. Stop moving <laughs> stuff around all the time. I like to know where my stuff's at. All right. So, uh, do you think uh, before we get out of here, do you think Josh Jacobs gets signed or signs before uh, week he, one? Yeah, Jacobs as well. I, I missed what it was he said. He also had. A cryptic tweet, supposedly. Oh, um, I might need to look that up real quick. Now, Jacobs has been one of those guys that I actually feel kind of bad for him, and he's been pissed off for a long time now. Mm-hmm. Being a Raider, they they ran his ass in the end of the ground last year in the Hall of Fame game for twenty carries. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? It's your starting running back, Raiders. Like, why are you so stupid? And you know, he ended up going on to have an awesome season, led the NFL in rushing yards, and just is a really productive running back. And um, I think for him at this point, he's just he's going through the motions of trying to get through it to get to a new team because I think he knows how toxic the Raiders are as a franchise and how idiotic they are. I mean, those guys are just stupid as hell. Um, so I'm, I need to look real quick at what – I'll find it real quick, Tanner. Hold on. It's Josh a, Jacobs. A cryptic tweet. Supposedly a quick cryptic tweet from Josh, J- Josh Jacobs. Um, where did it go? Needs to stop. Here it is. Um, all he's – see, all not to – he needs to stop the high school. Someone said he needs to stop the high school tweets. When are they talking about this? That is not what I was trying to find with that comment. So, what the hell did he say? I'm maybe I can't find it that quickly. 
It, well, how long ago was it? It was today. Oh, it was today? Yeah, it was, it was definitely today, so. Um, latest here. Your age, I don't know. Hell, I don't know. Sometimes the, the X.com is just not working right for me, so. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think so it, six th- hour ago, six hours ago, he said common sense, not too common clearly. Oh. Common sense, not too common clearly. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's that's not cryptic. That's normal thoughts from him. I mean, I mean that's he's, about right. He's always thinking that way because he he's made some comments on Twitter after the Raiders make certain moves, like whenever they traded away Darren Waller, mm-hmm. he was pissed off about that. Um, and he he knows how stupid that organization is, and he's he's tired of being there. Same time, he can't. Let himself be devalued at this point in his career because you still got to be productive. Once you're once you back. start, yeah, once you start showing your your age or that you're you're dwindling apart or falling back, you're no longer sought after. You know, you got to still be a high production type of player. Yep. And right now he's he's one of the top backs in the league, so you also can't go out there and loaf. It doesn't work that way for a running back. So I don't know. I I hope they get it figured out. I think that he just needs one more year. With the Raiders, I don't think he even wants to have a long-term deal there. He wants one more year and just to move on and be done with it all because who the hell wants to be there anyway? That, that place is horrible. Yeah, it's 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 pretty rough. It's pretty rough out there. So, uh, But, yeah, I think that's about it, man. I think, mm-hmm. we, I think we covered everything out there. That's right. We'll be back next week, of course, uh, on hopefully Wednesday. Hopefully, hopefully Wednesday. That's the goal, um, like usual. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll give you guys our own personal report of what we've seen in training camp. I know it's Saturday, and there's going to be like three or four days between Saturday and Wednesday, but you know, at least we'll try to get some footage. Maybe we can put it up on the YouTube channel as well uh, for you guys to, to check out because I know we did that a little bit last year. We ended up getting rained out. Then I went up the next day and got some footage myself and uh, posted that up for you guys if you want to check that out from last year. But, yeah, let's try to do I that mean, again, Tanner. We're going to be in VIP so this Saturday. Yeah, that's true. We will be in a special that's little ex- bubble. Yeah, that's going to be kind of cool. I mean, that's usually where Trent Green sits as well. We'll be in the suites, and uh, we'll be in the air conditioning. So we'll be lucky little pampered boys air over there. Well, I don't, it's, well, it's going to be better than being in it's, the It's going to have a fan, I can tell you that much. It'll be better than 90 degrees out there. So uh, we'll be lucky trying to get some footage at least in a, in a nice, cooled little bubble we're going to be in. So. Yeah, it's going to be pretty cool, guys. I'm excited for it. A couple uh, trips out to training camp this year, and – That'll make up for last year. So, Yep, that's right. Well, that's all I got for you guys. All right, guys. Make sure you guys like, subscribe, follow. Check us out uh, on our YouTube there, uh, of course, and Twitch. As you can see, it's here this way. Those are our spots where we are live, where you can find our audio as well on uh, Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music and Spotify. So we're always around. So everybody have a fabulous weekend, and we'll catch you next week. See you on the next one. See you guys.